You are listening to the Daily Homily for Magdala in the Holy Land. After John had been arrested, Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God. This is the time of fulfillment. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. As he passed by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting their nets into the sea. They were fishermen. Jesus said to them, Come after me, and I will make you fishers of men. Then they abandoned their nets and followed him. He walked along a little farther and saw James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They too were in a boat, mending their nets. Then he called them. So they left their father Zebedee in the boat, along with the hired men, and followed him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. What is the difference between Jonah the prophet and God? A major difference besides God is God and Jonah is a human being. There's a big difference in attitude. Jonah, first of all, doesn't want to do what God wants. He goes in the exact opposite direction. Um, Nineveh, Babylon, is to the east, and Jonah goes to Tarshish in Spain to the west. Eventually, God kind of brings him in through and retreat in the belly of the whale for three days. (laughs) And he spews him up on the coast. And so... Uh, Jonah now has to come to grips with what's going on after the storm in the sea, and the, they were going to be—they were—they lost all their cargo. The people who took give them a ride, <clears throat> and you know, many things in our lives can bring us toward where God wants us. Many disasters, many illnesses. How many people? You know, Ignatius of Loyola uh, was wounded in a battle, and he was a very successful young guy, very highly connected in society. And because of the time in bed with his illness, we now have the Jesuits. Hundreds of thousands of people totally committed through the history of the, of the Jesuits to, to change the world. And the same with many other stories of people who had a moment of uh, rattling their cage and they they accept God's word because God wants to bring us to some place. What's the difference between Jonah and God? <clears throat> well, it's the attitude to the Ninevites. Who is Nineveh? I don't know what country you come from. Canada. From Canada. And does Canada have any enemies in the world? Not really. <laughs> Not really. Like Ireland. <laughs> so, um, let's say a Ukrainian is asked to go to Moscow to preach to all the people in Moscow to convert. Or somebody from Taiwan is sent to Shanghai <laughs> to convert China. You know, you want to go there, you're afraid. And then you don't like those people, so let them be damned. <laughs> that was Jonah's attitude. Jonah was disappointed that they converted. He wanted them destroyed. Because sometimes we have this attitude about sinners, about people that are, don't know God, that are far away from God. We want them destroyed. We have a hostility to the bad person. And God says, no, Jonah, look, this city with so many millions of people, how could I want to see them destroyed? 
because God rejoices in the living. He doesn't rejoice in the death of the evil ones. He rejoices in the redemption of the sinner and the wayward. And this is God's word teaching us and changing our mentality. We might think there are lots of bad people out there, but maybe we need some changes in attitudes to certain people. If we think of somebody, you think of somebody in your life that really didn't help you, like I'm saying that very understatement, and what's your attitude right now? We need God's word to have us change our attitudes. And not just that, a lot more. And so we have this beautiful psalm today, your ways, O Lord, make known to me. Teach me your ways. Teach me your paths. Because I need to learn the way you do it, Lord. That's essential. And so we're celebrating the word of God today with the whole church in great gratitude that God speaks to us. It's very nice now with all the families here and you see little babies and you see the grandparents and the parents and the siblings come up and they're tickling their nose and they're saying, good morning, how are you? Say hello. And so we're talking to people. Imagine if God didn't talk to us. Imagine if nobody ever talked to a baby. They would never learn language. They would never know how to communicate. The richness of humanity, of family life, of society, of the world, of literature, of culture, of the growth that a person reaches from being a little one-day-old baby to being a 70-year-old uh, person, even if they never read too much in their lives, but the interaction that speaking means and listening and encountering the other. And God speaks to us. What a treasure that God speaks to us. What an immense grace that God speaks to us. And then maybe we don't want to listen like Jonah and we go the other direction. That's another part of the story. But that God, we're celebrating today the word of God. Now there are a couple of little words in the readings today. In the second reading from Corinthians 7, uh, Paul says the time is running out. I'm sure everybody here did exams one time in your life, in high school, in college. And, you know, you put off the study. <laughs> but the time is running out, you better study. <laughs> or playing a football game, a sports game, or you're in a chess competition. I don't know if you ever played chess in school, chess competition, and they have a, a, a clock and it's running out. You know, the time is running out, I better concentrate. The time is running out. Why is the saying the time is running out? And Jesus comes to Galilee, here to the Sea of Galilee beside us, and he says, this is the time of fulfillment. What does that mean? That the time is running out, the time is fulfilled, the time is done. Because when Jesus comes, when God becomes man, the word becomes flesh, it's a whole new period of life. In a certain sense, time evaporates because every minute is taken into the eternity of God. Everybody is contemporary with Jesus. God becomes contemporary with us. And everything we do is for salvation. In a certain sense, the time period is like a sinking ship. And that's a metaphor that's used for certain companies whose stock goes down. It's going to go bankrupt. Or a certain country that goes into total disruption. You don't go there to invest. So we're called on to recognize the signs of the times. And the times are that salvation is in full gear. And that where I should invest my life totally, completely, is in the salvation of others. 
So if you have a company, or your parents have children, or you have neighbours living near you, or you're involved in some different associations and societies and different, for different reasons, for, even for entertainment, uh, for culture, for business, for leisure, for politics. The reason you're there is that those people get to heaven. Okay, if you're organizing a chess club, well, do it well. Or a business, or a newspaper, or whatever you're doing in media, or wherever you're working. But that is a platform for the kingdom of heaven. Because the time is running out. The time is short. These words are very, very powerful. It's a time of, our time now is a time of salvation. Everything we do now enters eternity. And you do so many favors for all the people living here. So many things for their rooms, for the, for the whole of Magdala. And every one of those deeds is not just a deed to get a salary. Every one of those deeds is building the kingdom of heaven. So this is, this is the idea here. And that's why Jesus comes and he says to Simon, Peter, and to Andrew, leave your nets. Leave your nets. And that's why Paul says, those who are weeping... Don't weep too hard, because all that's disappearing. If you're rejoicing, don't party too wild, because it's just a moment. The eternal party is coming. This is amazing logic. Those who are buying as if they didn't own it. Because some people, when they feel they bought this house, they say, I'm settled for life. Well, you don't know there's an earthquake tomorrow, it's, it's rubble. Or a war, or a COVID, or whatever. You know, so the things of this world are passing. And that's what the word of God teaches us. And it's good that it wakes us up because it would be foolish if we lived in this world and we put all our heart into just material things and that's our level of satisfaction, that's our standard. That's like, when we get to that point, we kind of said we did it. We didn't. We did it when we make it in the kingdom of heaven. When we convert, when we be belong to Christ completely, and when all of our life is engaged in every kind deed, every smile, every little word to a baby, every time we read the gospel, every time we interact, we're building the kingdom of heaven. Thank you for joining us today. If you want to learn more about Magdala, follow us on YouTube and on Facebook.